Welcome everybody online. So glad that we could be streaming right to your home or to your phone or tablet or computer. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to all of OSC family. Hey, represent no matter where you're watching from, Jennings campus, Eunice campus, Crowley campus, or maybe you're just watching for the first time. You don't, you've never been to our church, but you just want to see what OSC is all about. Just want to say a huge welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Hey, I want to encourage you to engage in this service. One of the things that I love about our regular services in church is when people preach back with me. Okay, so this isn't the movies. This isn't TV. I don't want you just to sit back and just watch. I want you to engage. I want you to like. So if I say something that you agree with, like it, um, give a heart. We can try it right now. Go ahead and give it a heart. Comment below. Let us know uh, a thought or maybe something that God spoke to you through this. We want to interact with you and our prayer team and our ministry team, our staff, and all of our pastors are online right now, ready to engage in conversation with you. So, so glad that you're with us today. Uh, I also want to encourage you to start a watch party. This is another way that you can actually invite people to church. At the bottom of your screen, there should be a little button that says start a watch party. And I want to encourage you to click that button and uh, just start a watch party to invite people to come watch it with you. But hey, let's jump into the message today. So last weekend, I shared a message called Peace in the Panic. And I want to encourage you, if you have not seen that message, to go back uh, on our website or our app and go listen to that message. This weekend, I'm going to kind of do a part two to that. I'm calling today's message Peace Under Pressure. Now, peace under pressure. All of us in here understand what it is to be under pressure because right now with this whole COVID-19 thing, it's affecting every area of our life. I mean, we got relational pressure right now. Our governor uh, mandated an at-home for the next couple of weeks. Talk about pressure. Put yourself and your kids stuck into a house and tell them they can't leave. Some crazy, crazy pressure. I don't know if any of y'all just need to walk outside for a little bit, but there is some crazy pressure. Actually, there was a hilarious video that I saw I want to share with you. Can I have this dance? Miss Shot would be my pleasure. Now that's funny. I don't, I don't care what you say. That is hilarious. And we're also talking about other kinds of pressure though. Think about this. There's financial pressure. Uh, so many people right now have either lost jobs or lost hours. If that's you, we want to know about it. Let us know. We're, we're praying for you, but people are, are feeling this financially. Stores are closed. Businesses are closed. Um, even things governmentally are happening. We got, uh, health pressure. Uh, people, of course, are concerned for their physical health. There's thousands of people right now that actually have this virus and are dealing with actual health issues. Uh, there's people that are in the hospital right now are sick that don't have the virus, but are just battling physical pressure. And then, of course, you just got kind of world pressure. This is one of uh, a very rare few cases where everybody is experiencing this at the exact same time. But as I said last week, Jesus was never surprised. And uh, Jesus told us in scripture 
that this was something for us to be expecting. And right before he went on the cross in John chapter 16, I'm going to share this again with you. It's kind of a theme verse for us in these uh, two-part series. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Come on, everybody say peace. Peace. In this world you will have trouble. There we go. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. What Jesus is telling us through this passage of Scripture He's telling us that we can have peace even when everything around us isn't peaceful. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know what kind of peace you subscribe to, but I think a lot of pe- people, when they think about peace, um, think about calm conditions. They think about uh, going to the beach. They think about uh, going on a vacation. They, they think about that brings peace. But God is speaking of a peace that's greater than anything this world can give you. It's a peace that he gives us. And he tells us that when we go through trouble, that we can take heart in this, we can have peace, that he's overcome the world. And so uh, today, I want to talk to you about how this one truth is, is that Jesus doesn't want to give you peace that's absent of pressure. Actually, he wants to give you peace under pressure. And so I want to show you a couple biblical examples of people in Scripture that faced extreme pressure First one I want to share with you is in Exodus chapter 14. It's the story of the children of Israel. Now, if you know the story of the children of Israel, they were 400 years in captivity uh, in Egypt. And Moses was called by God to go in and to deliver his people. Eventually, after many plagues, Pharaoh released God's people. And so they are on their way out of Egypt, on their way to the promised land, and they come to the Red Sea. They got a barrier. They can't get across. Well, while all that is going on, Pharaoh has a change of heart and decides, I just released two million of my labor force and I want them back. So he gets all of his chariots, all of his army, all all of his people to run after and charge after the children of Israel. And so here we are in Exodus chapter 14. I want you to imagine this. The children of Israel, they got the Red Sea on one side. They got Pharaoh's army on the other side. I mean, literally in between as what we would call a rock and a hard place. Sounds a lot like pressure to me. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, this is where we catch up with the story. He says this, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them and they cried out to the Lord. That's a good thing to do. But watch what happens next in verse 11. And it says, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? And weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? And verse 12 says, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Think about this. In this moment, the the scripture says is that they looked up and they saw both and they panicked. They panicked. A lot of what's kind of even going on right now, people are panicking. And the first thing that they do is they cry out to the Lord, which is a great thing to do. But notice real quickly what happens after that. They begin to start complaining. They begin to start telling Moses, this is your fault. God, this is your fault. At first, they go up kind of worshiping the Lord, calling out to God. And then eventually those arms turn into fists. And now they're blaming God and blaming Moses for what he's done. They're in between a rock and a hard place. And so I want to talk to us about how does God use pressure? 
these children of Israel were in a pressured situation. And all of us right now understand what that's like. We are in pressured situations. So I want to give you just a couple of thoughts on how God uses pressure. Two thoughts. Number one, pressure shows us. You can write that down. Pressure shows us. Now, James chapter one in the message translation, I love how it says this. Watch it. It says, consider it a sheer gift. Now, if we were here in church, I would be pointing at a screen and we'd highlight this word and I'd say, consider it a sheer and I'd pause and you'd say it. So I want us just to practice. I know I can't hear you or see you, but right there where you are in your living room, wherever you are, I want you to say this with me. Ready? Consider it a sheer Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges, notice two things, tests and challenges come at you. Now watch this from all sides. Come on. How many of you feel like that right now? Tests and challenges coming from you at all sides, front, back, rear, left, right, all sides of you. Now watch this. You know that, all right, everybody say this with me, that under pressure, under pressure. Now do this. Dun, 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 dun. You know you wanted to. You know you wanted to. Under pressure. Look what it says. Your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. That when you are under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. You know, uh, a house foundation is starts cracking when it's under extreme pressure. And you know really how well a house is built when you start looking at the foundation. There's nothing sexy about the foundation. Most people don't even really want to look at it. But when you go to buy a new house, that's probably one of the first things that you're expecting is the foundation because it reveals the strength of the house. Doesn't matter how pretty it is on the top. If the foundation begins to start cracking, that's because there's pressure. Now, the house on top of it did not cause, just cause it, it also revealed it. And the same is true with our heart. Now I wanna, I wanna say it this way. I see my heart best when my heart is pressed. The same for you. You see your heart best when your heart is pressed. Jesus experienced pressure as well. All throughout his life, he ex- experienced pressure, pressure of, of, people, pressure of always needing to meet needs. I mean, you always see Jesus kind of withdrawing and going to desolate places because he just was always under pressure, always being needed. And one of the last pressured moments before he actually went to the cross was in a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. We know it's where Jesus went to pray and he asked the Lord if there was any other way. And the Bible says there was so much pressure that he started bleeding from his sweat. That is extreme pressure. Now watch this. The Garden of Gethsemane means olive press. Before God does something mighty through you, he will always invite you into the oil press, the olive press. And the only way you get oil is when you press the olive. The more you squeeze, the more oil comes out. And pressure has this way of squeezing what's on the inside of us and making it come out. Can I just be really brutally honest with you? Staying at home has been really hard. It's been really difficult um, because it's just, I, I just want to get out. I want to go. I want to do things. And I've noticed that being under pressure of just having to stay home, I can tend to get snappy. 
uh, the pressure of leading, the pressure of having to put together uh, messages, the pressure of, of things that at times can feel very burdensome, I can find myself to get snappy. Now, I know you probably don't think Pastor Josh never gets snappy. Just ask Lindsay. She'll tell you. Ask my boys. They'll tell you. Because when I'm, I'm under pressure, it, it, it tends to bring out some things that are in my heart. And probably if you're honest, the same is happening with you. Because when you've been at, at home all day with kids, come on, how many know uh, impatience can get expressed and attitudes and grumbling and negativity? When the economy goes for a downturn or you lose your job, it, it begins to press on you and it begins to expose maybe fears or worries or anxieties. Or maybe it begins to expose where you've put your trust. And oftentimes in this moment, you've got to realize that when you're under pressure, this is why so many people turn to alcohol. This is why so many people turn to drugs because we can't, we, I just can't cope with the pressure. And so I, I love what this verse says. It says, consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come your way for you know that you're under pressure. So I brought just a couple little um, illustrations for us because all of us, I got some, got some weights here. So these are some little, little five pound weights. Now I want you to just imagine these are, these are definitely pressure and the enemy knows that I am most vulnerable when I have pressure. And the more pressure that comes my way, the more vulnerable I am to his attacks. But, but watch this. James says this. James says that pressure, watch this, is a gift. It's a gift. And, and maybe, just maybe today, we need to begin thanking God for the gift. The gift that, that even in the midst of pressure, he's exposing areas in my heart of where I desperately need Jesus. So pressure is a gift and pressure shows you the areas of your life. Now, let me give you number two. Watch this. Number two is pressure grows you. So continue this verse on. Watch this. As we continue in this verse, he says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any ways. So what ends up happening oftentimes is we try to get out of it. We try to run from pressure. We try to relieve pressure. But maybe, just maybe, God wants us to embrace pressure. So let me ask you a question. Ready? Okay. I need everybody to listen in. I need everybody to engage with me on this. All right? Get ready. All right. So if you agree with this, I want you to give a, a thumbs up or a heart emoji or say yes. Give a raised hand. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? Okay. Hopefully that's 100% of us. How many of you want to have greater faith to trust God? Okay, anybody? All right, me. I'm raising both hands. Ready? Watch this. How many of you want to face extreme pressure? Oh, <laughs> not as many people did that, but, but just so you know, ready? Watch this. Those are the same questions. They're because they get the same answers. They should. How many want to? Become more like Jesus. How many want to grow in your faith and trust in God? And how many want to go through extreme pressure? Realizing this, ready? You don't get faith by sitting in a Bible study. You don't get faith by just talking about it. You get faith when you begin to work it out. Your faith muscles have to be worked out. See, muscles like these, ready? Right here. Come on, somebody. Okay, it's not, not that big, but muscles only grow 
under pressure. I, I'll, I'll give a shout out to our CrossFit Unlimited gym in, uh, in Jennings and in Crowley. If you go to CrossFit Unlimited, shout out to you. I'm going to give you a little bit more. So now we're going up a little bit. We're going, we're going 20 pounds here. And my muscles will grow more and more as I'm curling these. This is how muscles grow. And I just keep doing more and more and more of these. Now, I'm going to just say this. I don't like CrossFit. I really don't. Um, I want to quit a lot of times. Um, I, I, let me, let me put it this way. I would like to be buff without working out. Come on. Can I get a witness from anybody? I'd like to be buff without working out. I'd like to be, be skinny without working out. I'd like to have a six pack abs without working out. Unfortunately, there are some things in life that can only be produced under pressure. And the more and more I allow pressure in my life, the more and more I allow my faith and my muscles to grow. So your faith and my faith have to become functional faith, meaning that what the pressure is in life, faith is like that muscle. It gets developed by being being used. And you endure and you persevere and you keep going. You make it through it. You don't give up. Someone asked me a while back, they said, does the Christian life get easier? And I told them, no, you just get stronger. And that's a lot of what happens in our faith is that God allows us to go through pressure. James says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature, stronger, growing. Anybody in here want to get stronger, get growing? Second Corinthians says it this way. We don't want you to be in the dark, friends, about how Hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. Watch this. This is what Apostle Paul says. He said, it was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we had been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. This is what he's saying. Man, it's it's been terrible. It's been rough. It's been hard. But it's been the best thing that has ever happened. Because watch this. Here's why the pressure was the best thing that had ever happened for the Apostle Paul. He says, because instead of trusting in our own strength and our wits to get out, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom and he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. So this is what God is calling us in this season to realize for us to not be, um, relying on our own strength. And I'll share more about that in just a minute, but what God wants to do through us. Now, I want us to look at how Moses respond. We'll go back to the story of Moses and how he responded in this situation. When the people were complaining, when the people were wanting to go back to Egypt, to back to what was comfortable, Moses stands up and he says, watch this. He says to the people in Exodus 14, 13, do not be afraid. And can I just speak that over you today as you're watching this? I don't know what's gone on in your week and over maybe even the last couple of weeks in your life. I don't know if you've lost a job. I don't know if you're battling with sickness. I don't know if it's just been difficult at home. I don't know if your marriage is struggling. I don't know what's going on, but I'll know we, I know we all face pressure. And if you could hear this from the Lord today, don't be afraid. Now watch this. Stand still. Stand still. In the, in the craziness and busyness of life, God is telling us to stand still. Reminds me of Psalms when he says, be still and know that I am God. 
And watch this. The rest of this verse says, And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. God, help us to hold our peace. Watch this. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Go tell the children of Israel to go forward. So I want to leave you with some practical things that you can do to have peace under pressure. And before I jump into those things, here's a big thought for you. When my life is pressed on, I need to press in. When, when there's pressure that's coming on me, I need to press in. And I want to share three things that you need to press into. Number one, press in to prayer. Press into prayer. Now, here's the question. How could Moses tell the children of Israel, do not be afraid? How could he have so much confidence that God was going to come through? And the answer is actually in Exodus 14, verse 1. And in Exodus 14, verse 1, it says this, Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Ready? Moses was a man of prayer. Moses was a man who heard God. Pressure should always lead us to prayer and not to panic. But oftentimes, come on, if we're all honest, pressure wants us to quickly go to panic first. But the reason why Moses did not panic like the children of Israel, when he saw, he saw the same thing they saw, was because he heard a word from God that said, I'm going to be with you. It, I, I'm a very avid basketball fan. I love basketball, um, any kind of basketball, but definitely NBA basketball. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, LeBron James, Steph Curry. I mean, all these guys are, are some of the best. One of the things I love about all these guys is when it came down to the last final play of games, when everything was on the line, these were the guys that were going into the huddle going, give me the ball. Give me the ball. And I always thought, how in the world could they be so calm under pressure? How, how could they want the ball? And, and here's how. Because of practice. Practice. All of these guys had shot tens and tens and tens of thousands of shots over and over and over again in practices that made them prepared and ready for when it was game time. And can I tell you, the same thing happens for us in the spiritual. If you have been practicing being in the presence of God when times are easy, you'll be able to experience the presence of God when times are hard. If you haven't been practicing spending time in prayer and connecting with God when it's been easy, you're going to have a hard time when it's hard. So I want to encourage us to be people of prayer. Let's press into prayer. James 5.17 says it this way, Elijah was a man with human frailties, just like all of us, but he prayed. Come on, that's huge right there. If you got a Bible, underline that right there. But he prayed and received supernatural answers this is encouragement to us because ready, watch this. Elijah battled with insecurity. Elijah was suicidal. Elijah had some issues, but he prayed, but he prayed. I know I just don't feel well, but I'm going to pray. I know what the doctors have said, but I'm going to pray. I know my marriage is on the brink of divorce, but 
I'm going to pray. I know what all the news is saying right now about everything that's going on, but I'm going to pray. And when you pray, things change. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? I'm going to amen myself up in here. Things change when you pray. And so we're rallying all of our church with thousands of churches right now that are, are coming together for something called Unite 714. If you haven't heard about it yet, you can hear about it right now. Thousands of churches all over, all over the world are joining together for Unite 714. It comes out of First Chronicles 714. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and turn and, uh, and heal their land. This is what God's going to do. And so at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m., we're coming together and we're praying. And I want to invite you on all of our campus Facebook pages, every night at 7.14, we are praying. Uh, we're doing Facebook Live, and I want you to come jump in with us and pray with us. If you have already, let us know. It's been good. We'll do it again tonight, and we're going to keep doing this until this COVID-19 ceases to exist. So let's be a people of prayer. Number two, press in to people. That's right, to people. You see, for the Israelites, they either won together or they died together. And Christianity is not an individual sport. It is a team sport. That, that's why you always see when it talks about the church, it talks about the family. That's why we talk about a spiritual family. And if there's ever been a time where we need spiritual family, it is right now. In the midst of all of the social distancing, the truth is, is that we actually need more people now than ever before. And man, I've been so encouraged watching people use technology to stay connected. I'm watching a lot of our OSC family care for one another, text messages, phone calls, all of that that's happening. And I want to read a passage of scripture to you that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 in verses three and four, that, that verse that I had read earlier about Paul saying, we, we felt like we were going to die. This is that same chapter, just a couple verses before. Watch what it says. God comes alongside us when we go through hard times. I watch this. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. Oh man, that's so good. That God is with us in our, our hard times. And because he was with us, we get to be with other people in their hard times. And listen, all of us right now are under pressure. All of us need one another. And so I want to encourage you, listen, if you're not in a life group, man, we'd love to have you come and jump in and be a part of one of our digital life groups. They're happening right now. They happen all throughout the week. You can go to our oscconnect.com a website and click on the life groups page and go search from dozens and dozens of life groups that are happening. You need to get a part of a group. You need people. I need people. I need you. You need me. We're better together. This is so crucial. I want you to press in to people. And then lastly, number three, I want you to press in to power. Now watch this. John chapter 16, verse seven says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, ready? Here we go. Everybody help me with this. The, say it out loud. The, one more time. The helper, the helper, 
Notice that H is capitalized, the helper. This is actually the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is the helper, the comforter, the Prince of Peace, the one that comes and is with us. Watch this. The helper will not come to you, but if I go, I'm going to send them to you. Now, you got to realize the disciples that had Jesus this whole time, I mean, everything they needed was in Jesus. I mean, every time they needed some some extra food, Jesus could multiply, you know, uh, a kid's Lunchable. I mean, every time they needed uh, calm uh, storms to be calmed, I mean, Jesus said, peace be still, and they got calmed. Every time they had it, some kind of physical issue, Jesus could heal them right there. And Jesus is telling them, guys, I got to go. And they're like, God, don't go. Jesus, please don't leave us. He says, no, no, listen, you don't realize if I don't leave, you don't get the helper. And they don't understand that the helper is the Holy Spirit. And and what they fail to realize is that Jesus was just present, but the Holy Spirit was going to be omnipresent, meaning that he was going to be in your past, in your present, in your future. He was going to be all around you. He could be with you wherever you went. Jesus could only be in certain places at certain times, but the Holy Spirit can be with every person everywhere at all times. And because Jesus ascended, we have the Holy Spirit. So here, here's what I need you to understand. Listen, for all of us here, we can, we can probably handle this. This is, this is good. You can do this all day long. This is maybe just normal life. But now what happens when there's a virus? And what happens when you don't, can't go to school? And what happens when you lose your job? And what happens? And now, you know, you got more testing and more problems and more things that are coming your way. And now you're having to use more energy and more effort. But what happens? What happens whenever you face something that's beyond, beyond you? This is what many of you feel like right now. This is how many of you are feeling in this moment is that now you have something more than you can handle. And you probably heard people say, God will never give you more than you can handle. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think God oftentimes doesn't give us what we can handle, but God does help us handle what we've been given. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, like when I get this up and I'm there, Come on, Holy Spirit, I need, I need the Holy Spirit right now to come in and help and give me a little, little extra push here. And notice now, I'm able to do things that I couldn't do on my own. And every time I wake up every morning and I can't handle it anymore, I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. And the Holy Spirit is my helper and he comes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit that comes and helps me lift the things I can't lift anymore. And I don't know if you felt like how I felt this past week. There's been many mornings I've woke up and go, God, I don't know how to do this. God, I don't know if I can handle this. Holy Spirit, I desperately need you. Maybe if you're looking at your checking account, or maybe if you're just looking at your marriage, or maybe if you're looking at situations with your kids, or maybe if you're looking at the doctor's report and you go, God, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Press into power. Press in to help. You've got an advantage. The Spirit of God, He helps us in our weakness. This is what He's doing. So I want to encourage you that when you're getting pressed on, press in. Press in. Press into prayer. Press into people. And press into power. Let me pray for you today. Father, we love you. God, right now in this moment, for every person that's watching this that just feels like they are under the pressure that they can't even lift another ounce, God, where they feel like they have no more strength left in them, no more fight, God, we stand in this moment as Moses said, do not fear, stand still, 
for the Lord is going to fight for you. God, we are thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit that comes and gives us strength and power. God, I thank you that you are with us. Greater than even just calming the storms, it's the fact that you're with us. Thank you that you've never left us or forsaken us. Today we call on you and your strength and your power. We need you desperately. Jesus, we love you. And today, God, we, we, we give these before you. We give these to you. But God, we also know that we have to keep working. We have to keep doing what we're doing. That we don't stop. But we're thankful for the incredible grace that comes alongside of us and helps us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, this whole pandemic reminds me that there is a greater, darker, and more dangerous pandemic than COVID-19, and that is sin. And listen, not everyone will test positive for the coronavirus, but everyone will test positive for being infected by sin, myself included. And sin is eternally more destructive than any virus will ever be. And just as much as our government and our health officials right now are trying to find a cure for this coronavirus, I have good news for you. And that is that there is a cure for this thing called sin. See, sin separates, sin destroys. Sin is what keeps us away from God. Sin is what makes us divided. Sin is what takes our peace. But I'm so thankful for the cure and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the cure. Jesus is the only way that you can have real peace in the midst of all the pressure. And if you're watching this today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that um, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. So many of you are fighting for peace, but really what you're fighting for is peace with God. And the only way you can do that is through what Jesus has done on our behalf. See, abiding with Christ gives us the peace of God, but salvation is what gives us peace with God. And I want to offer to you this incredible good news that Jesus offers for you to have peace with God. It's as simple as ABC. We admit that we're sinners and that we're broken apart from Christ. That if we believe that Jesus came on this earth and he lived a perfect sinless life, and he died a gruesome death for your sin and my sin, for your shame and my shame. And if I believe that he did that, and I confess that he is Lord of my life and surrender my life to him and repent of my sins and believe that he is Lord, the Bible says I'll be born again. I'll have a new birthday. Just like I have a natural birthday, I'll have a spiritual birthday. If you're there watching that and you would say, man, I want that. I want the peace of God and I want peace with God. I want you just to pray this with me. And you can say this out loud right there, wherever you are, you're watching this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. And I believe that you faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go. And you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. 
Now I want you to say this with all your heart. Say, Father, today I turn my life over to you. I turn from my sins to be born again. God be my Father. Jesus be my Savior. Holy Spirit be my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, everybody. Why don't you celebrate with us that incredible, incredible moment for many of you that made that decision. If you're one of those who made that decision today, we are celebrating with you. And man, all of heaven rejoices today in your decision. Please let us know in the comments below. Our team is going to post links below uh, on ways that you can let us know that you made that decision. We want to connect with you. We want to get a Bible in your hand. We want to get you connected to life groups and just really help you walk through this journey together. But we celebrate all God has done and is doing in your life. Hey, I just want to say a, a huge thank you to everybody that has watched this video and is a part of these services. I pray that this service has been an encouragement to you. That is our heart. Our heart is that every time we get on here that we can be an encouragement to you and your faith. And so I love you. Hey, please share this with someone that you think needs some, needs some hope, needs some peace in this time. We pray that you have an incredible Sunday and we can't wait to see you tonight at 714 as we go for Unite 714 and pray together. Hey, may God bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and in your coming in and your going out. May you hear his voice this week and he use you greatly in all that you do. We love you.